Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. <laughs> so, Emma Dunlop, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Skin and Bluster, <laughs> we Skin and Bluster, mm-hmm. um, I had entered my head a while back that you'd been on the podcast for a completely different yes. subject matter, and I did think, oh, we should have that other conversation. Okay. Uh-huh. Because the thing that you came on the podcast for the last time... I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I never will again. <laughs> Somebody actually asked me recently, does anyone still do that? The bodybuilding? People still ask me, like, and I've met them since then, and they still go, you still doing that bodybuilding? I'm like, no. It's evident when you look at me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like a normal person now. No. (laughs) The answer to that question is no. Yeah, so you, as well as the bodybuilding, which you no longer do, Uh you have always, from the dawn of time, (laughs) been a musician. True. Um, And now you're an artist. An artiste. <laughs> yes. uh, and in my head, your music life has mm-hmm. two very distinct phases. Interesting. Then and now. Okay. Where does the... Can you see that? Um, a wee bit. Because there was... So is, is, for the... If I'm using your analogy, mm-hmm. my then is pre-10-year break that I took. <laughs> <laughs> the now is the post-10-year break that I took. Is that the same? 10 years? Just about. I think so. I wasn't really counting, but I think it was about 10 years. I feel like we still talk about you gigging by like um, mid-year. Yeah. So that wasn't that long ago? I think I was like 21. Okay. Because I was still working in Primark because <laughs> I had to ask <laughs> I had to ask my boss for like time off and I had no annual leave left and I remember going in and being like, Andrew, like um, it's okay if I get like this Saturday off in September because I'm supporting mid-year and it was like yes that's fine and then proceeded to send an email out to like all the regional managers yeah so so I, I, that's why i remember i still worked in pre-mark and that's when i was at uni mm. so it must have been 21 22 at the latest and then i don't i didn't play but obviously we sang uh, with the cupcakes kennedy cupcakes and stuff but i didn't play myself again until 2019 and i would have been 32 in 2019 so it was about 10 years but I I don't think I played much after I don't remember playing many gigs after mid-year maybe one or two I think Richie Havens maybe came after I supported Richie Havens at the Renfrew Ferry which I think is still there Um, I think that was maybe a bit after I don't remember performing a lot after that probably because I started uni and whatever I think I started uni and then well uni for me like and it's so silly now we were having this conversation at work today just like what you did at school and what you did at uni and like how it's just totally unrelated. But we'll talk about all the random like hires and stuff that we took. I was like, I didn't do any like maths. I didn't do any science. I didn't do any language hires. And my teachers were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to be a musician. So it was like, I don't need to do all these things. And I applied for two uni courses or both music. I had five options. I took two of them. My teachers were like, just pick a backup. Like, you just never, no, this is, this is me. This is, my, it, was, it was very much, no, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. Like, obviously like and it didn't oh, work it's obvious. yeah but for me it was just it had not dawned on me that there would be uh, nobody would ever say no it was just like well obviously I'm going to go and do this and um I didn't get an audition to my first choice 
And then I got an audition for my second choice and they were like, we don't think this is a place for you. And so then I was sitting with absolutely hee-haw going, but this is who I am. I don't remember, maybe because mm-hmm. it was just a long time ago, yeah. a terrible memory. Yeah. I, remember, I knew that was yeah. thing, but I don't remember that happening. Like, I don't remember that. Thing. It was catastrophic. Yeah. Like, it was really, for me. You must have, like, yeah. locked that out or something. No, for me, I was, I think I didn't, I probably didn't make a big, externally make a big deal of it, but I remember at the time just being like, but this is, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, because we've been, both of us, uh-huh. and then you more laterally, uh-huh. so mm-hmm. we've both been doing yeah. music from right yep. age. And I had no intention, I wasn't like, I want to be a music teacher, or I want to, like, teach people music, or work with people. It was like, I'm a musician, this is just going to improve my skills as a musician, mm-hmm. that's what the uni was about. It was not about, like, for a vocation, so people go to uni to be an architect, or to be, have a, I was like... I'm going to do this because it's going to improve my skills. I'm going to, I just love making music, so I'm going to get to do that for four years yeah. every day with new folk and mm-hmm. learn new stuff. It's going to be great. And and, and also, you know, fulfilling a, like, a perfectly fine expectation that we would go to uni because we did well at school and that was like an expectation. Like, I wrote, like it served me well that I went to uni. I'm glad I went to uni. But I remember just being like, but but you don't, you don't understand, like, this is what I'm meant to do. And the two the, the two places where I was going to go and do that just were like no thanks and looking back I'm like oh my god like there was 30 people in the course it was very competitive like and it's that's still the case absolutely case. like and we I, mean, I guess there's probably there'll be a lot more options mm. whether you would have applied for those options anyway exactly I mean, uh-huh. just depending on what you apply for but uh-huh. like this comes up all the time like you know the amount of actors 100% that have applied for the RCS, I feel like totally several times yeah. they've got in and some haven't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Down to London or whatever to totally. mean it's totally. a competitive yeah. market. Yeah. So I had, I had no feelings of like like you've made the mistake, not because I'm fantastic. It was just like but this was the plan. Like yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so then and I think I just felt as if there was an expectation that I would go into uni. And I think maybe there was a bit I can't remember, there was maybe a bit of a chat about well, I could work for a year and try again, but then it was like well, maybe if you work for a year you'll not want to try again because you'll get used to working and making the money and whatever so I was then sort of encouraged you know just go to uni just go and do it you can still play you can still do this and that and so I went to uni and it's led to great things like I'm really glad I did it but um, at the time that was like dev- and I, it really knocked my confidence and I think that's I, I distinctly that's a memory of mine that it really knocked my confidence and I just was like maybe this isn't I think I, I think I got a bit, not bitter, but I think I got a bit like, maybe I was a bit, maybe I was a bit, it just put me off. Of course. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, yeah. And, and then I had that weird situation where, because I hadn't done anything for a while, and then I think people were like, oh, you're not playing, and like, you should play, you should play. And then I was like, oh, I do other things, like, and I had this attitude, like, so I then was like, I can't remember her name now. That um, we follow her on Instagram. And she does that Natalie Cassidy thing. I'm Natalie Cassidy. I'm just doing this now, and I was just doing something else now. Like, so, do you know what I mean? Like, but I was like, yeah, I'm just doing something else now. Like, I'm not just that. Like, maybe it was like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the uni. I'm doing like thing you're meant to do or whatever. So I think for a while I had a bit of a grudge. That I was just like, well, no, like I'm just doing something else now because I failed at this. So I had a bit of a like chip on my shoulder probably for a while, and then and then we got to be creative in other ways. So then we danced together. Yeah. You had the Kennedy cupcakes, and I was yeah. in that. And so I had never danced professionally, so that was like a new challenge. Mm. And we got to sing doing that as well. So we still get to be creative. It's so funny because like 
for me, it was, it was absolutely a given that you were going to win the cup case if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And hadn't really contemplated that actually in that no. first professional. I'd never paid, been paid to dance. I danced. The rest of my, and I, yeah. I just saw you at the same. Oh, I totally did not. I was like, they, but I remember you saying Yep, I felt like not like we're we're best friends. Like, but I remember being like, I am going to have to work twice as hard as everybody else to look anything like. You didn't have to anybody, but I did. Like, I and I really like, I really was like, oh, I can't look like the pure amateur. And I think maybe because I was the youngest as well, I was like, oh, I need to make sure I really don't look like the amateur because. They, they've all done this professionally so I'm going to need to just up my finesse sort of thing so I got to be like creative and do that and then there just got to a point where I think I just was like you know life changes and stuff happens and I was a bit like oh I feel like I'm something's not right I just had this really uneasy nice. feeling yeah I just was like oh something's not right and I'm not com- not ha- not comfortable like something's I think we've just always thought like Emma does music because uh-huh. she did mm-hmm. you know I mean? and then like you know we joke like you would chuck an instrument in Emma's hands playing it. <laughs> and you were always far more gifted than I ever was, uh, you know. I don't think so. I think I just got hyper-focused at things. And... So you are, I mean, you are studious compared to me. Like, if I don't get it in the first five minutes, I'm like, bored. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know if I'm studious. I think I just get, like, sucked in. No, I hyper I don't, like, it wasn't an effort to put the time in. I was desperate to put the time in because I wanted to mm-hmm. go down a wormhole. In terms of your singing voice, like, you've always been a great singer. As have you. And a great harmoniser. I was always on the melody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the harmonies was always like a third or a fifth up, but it was just easy. Like, I'm really like, I am very good at doing, I still to this day really struggle with like a lower harmony. <laughs> like one single note. <laughs> I'll do it. But, um, okay, so we wrote together. We did. Which I guess, isn't out of the world so folk would ever that's true heard those I mean, we wrote some good songs I know what dreams may come that was a good song I mean my dad probably is still waiting on his no I know I think that was also so, part of my issue was like I, like and most of my dad obviously just wanted us to like fulfill our potential or whatever and so then it was like you know pick up the guitar and I was like no I'm not picking up the guitar like it was just really hated I really hated it <laughs> Oh my god, I hated it when people or like anybody was like, "You're not playing anymore," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, because I think I just I maybe subconsciously was like, "You should be playing," and people are pointing this out to you. So I'm just going to deflect that. Yes. So I had this horrible like feeling for like ten years of just like, "Can you stop asking me?" And then was like, "No, actually though, like something's wrong. Uh-huh. It might be this." Like I don't. I remember having a conversation with my mum being like, "Something's wrong." Like, and I think it might be this. I think I need to do this. And she was like, well, do it. And I was like, right, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, but what if I... And I genuinely then was like, but what if I can't? Because it had been so long. I hadn't really played the guitar very much. And I like, I will say I was good at it, like, because I did. And I was I was adventurous with it. And I mm-hmm. played those open tune and stuff. And yes. it was like... And you were... You know, you were getting, like it was attached to me. So, so yeah. You know, and busking. Totally, as yeah. As, uh-huh. as a young person. Yeah. So you were playing all the time. Yeah, then. uh-huh. So it was just... School exactly before the whole uni thing happened, uh-huh. and then obviously you were part of real time. Yeah, so uh-huh. music was like, hours a day yeah. of playing this instrument yeah. and other things. Um, and it was like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I, it was just after things like when I then sat, was like, right, pick the guitar up, and even just like my fingers had gone soft. Yes, and just been like, oh, like you've gotten. Uh huh. And then it was just like, what if I can't do this? And I'm older now. My brain's not this sponge that it was. 
but I, I, I'm still, I still don't play the way that I did. I don't think, but I, I'm, you know, play now and it's fine, like sort of thing. Um, and the same with singing. I've just, then you don't, you're not playing the same kind of music as Yeah, I'm not doing all acoustic stuff anymore. So you had to be more versatile with other guitars and different things. Where I'm doing a mixture of things now, so it's fine. And in terms of um, thinking back, like thinking about the music that was influencing you at yeah. that time mm-hmm. as a um, 1920s yeah, uh-huh. um, and the stuff you were writing then yeah. to what we're going to talk about was yes. your music now, mm-hmm. do you see um, a huge shift? Do Is it just a natural progression? Would you, it's you funny it? because I've started to look back at older stuff that I'd written which at one point I was kind of like that's that's then and this is now sort of thing like and you know I wrote things when I was 17 and I'm not 17 and I don't have that headspace anymore and it felt a bit uh, like it wasn't mine anymore and artists obviously Elton John's got a decade long career and sings stuff from when he was 30 like and he's not 30 anymore sort of thing but I started to play like a song that I wrote when I was like 16 or something more recently and I've there's like the odd sort of change of word every now and again that just makes it feel a bit more relevant now mm-hmm. but I play it and I'm like aha I'm going to record this like I've started to record yeah. it that's a, that's a, an important factor for you that when you're playing the song you've got to feel maybe it was just because I was like a teenager mm-hmm. like and I'm an adult now and maybe it just felt like it was too far removed like okay. And there are people that I still listen to and would cite as references or inspirations that I listened to. So Kate Bush, Joni Mitchell, Alanis Morissette, Sarah McLachlan, like all these people I was listening to in my teens and I still think are fantastic. Like, yeah. and would go lyrically cl- really clever. Like, and, you know, I was listening to Sarah McLachlan the other day and I was like, oh, the, the instrumentation, this is really good. Like, um, and then there's folk that I wouldn't necessarily know just because I kind of not in that era anymore. Like, like you sing a lot of Nora Jones, like I'm just not in that vibe anymore, or like yeah. Avril Lavigne, like that was a moment in time where you know, of like course. exactly. So um, there's some stuff that I've left behind in terms of influence. There's obviously new artists that didn't exist at the time that I now listen to, yeah. and different things. But it's funny because Martina had said something to me, and my partner had said something the other day. That's for the listeners because you know who she is. The <laughs> listeners, the listeners at home, what no? Um, she'd said a while ago something like. And that song, it's like a Gloria Estefan vibe or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like... That's the song she's talking about. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, that is like, I've been primed since sitting in my mum's car <laughs> with that tape. Yeah. With the red shoes on it. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. And and Joni Mitchell getting played and Randy Crawford getting played in the house mm-hmm. at, at six, seven, eight, Michael Bolton. And now, like, that's all still there. Mm-hmm. But just... I, I'm interpreting it my way now yeah. and I'm like it's so funny how you don't sort of go oh, I used to listen to this I used to listen to that and I'm like well actually it's still, it's still all there in there somewhere and then I, I come across a sound and I'm like oh really like that's really like I really like that and then I realise oh it's because it's like loads of reverb and it's a synth <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's like Gloria Stefan so uh uh-huh, uh-huh. so there are definitely things that or artists or influences that I go that very much felt like over there somewhere but the stuff that I, I'm seeing now that I'm bringing forward I think, like, the the part about you saying, you spoke to me on about there's something missing, mm-hmm. there's something wrong, mm-hmm. as music uh-huh. and back in my life, like, I think that's really cool that you've mentioned that because there'll no doubt be at least one person who's uh-huh. in this, who's in a similar position, might not be to do music, it uh-huh. might be... Anything, yeah. I used to draw, I used to paint, yep. I used to, you know... Any other passion, paint. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and not necessarily wanting to take it to a level where for public consumption totally. but you know we can all be guilty mm-hmm. of 
because life gets in the way of just not, not playing anymore. Yeah, not uh-huh. connecting ideally mm-hmm. yeah. and being creative. And it's never too late. Never. And it was, it's quite scary when you feel like you were like somewhat proficient at something at some time mm-hmm. or that it felt even if you didn't feel like you were good but it felt like fairly natural uh-huh. or I think that's that's the word it's it was very much tied to who I was and, and it yeah and then when you don't do something for a while it then feels like but this is who I was and if it's part it's of me like, and we never nobody that knows you would have ever stopped thinking you that that way because yeah we've been in a room full of people and there was a guitar and we were like Emma play that yeah. So you could have. Totally. Uh huh. So it's like just all of a sudden overnight forgot how to do that. Not at all. No, no. But it, I, I very much did feel this sort of like this is something that like that I. It, you're right. It, growing up, that's how I spent my time. Mm-hmm. It, my room was full of instruments. Literally, had to climb over a drum kit to get out of my room out yes. my bed every morning. Like, and that's how I spent my time. Mm-hmm. It was homework, and then mucking about. I was just experimenting all the time. Mm-hmm. And then stopped doing that, and then it was like I don't know how I don't know how I got into it in the first place yeah. because I just always done it. My dad, obviously. Aye, uh-huh. the, yeah. Music, music was in the house. Heavily mm-hmm. influenced house of music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, and my dad playing all the time. Yeah. You know, and because I remember the conversation of I want to learn guitar, mm-hmm. you teach me. Yeah. My dad was like, we won't do it enough. Like uh-huh. be disciplined, you should yeah. have lessons. Uh-huh. And that's how I got lessons yeah. to school. Um. I think just growing up with somebody who plays an instrument and it's a huge part of their life, yeah. it's difficult to <clears throat> to not be influenced by that. Totally. Yeah, I guess I started playing first. And exactly. I know, I, I, I don't know. Me, yeah, I can't remember how. I think I vaguely remember my dad showing me a couple of chords mm-hmm. and then taught, and then obviously went with that, taught myself a bit, obviously watched you. And then and then I was like, you know, looking up guitar tabs online and whatever else. And then went to lessons mm-hmm. in my last year at school for school purposes sort of thing. Yeah. Which was good. Like it did, you know, open um I never ever did my homework. I did it on the Sunday morning. You did so however many years ago you had that conversation with my mum. Can't remember. Uh, well, well, 2019, I'm going to say. Right, excellent okay. timing before global pandemic, where there was no live performances opportunities. Was it just that, did you have, like, not, I'm not saying you had no, no. Of course you didn't. Nobody's got plans. Mm-hmm. Just going back into something. Aye. Was it with the view to perform again? I wanted to perform again. I, w- I wanted to just play again, but I was like, I feel like I would like to perform. Uh-huh. Because the guitar was sitting in the living room and I was like, I could play any time of the day, but I just felt as if I wasn't being creative. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between mucking about with the guitar and singing cover songs you like, but there was something about writing and then making that song and then going, here's my song. And folk going, oh, that's nice. So um, I was like, I would quite like to perform. And didn't really have a plan. But at that moment in time when I would like to do, I'd like not to just do acoustic stuff. So I would like to... Mm-hmm be able to record so then I was looking into you know buying MIDI keyboards or you know did I buy a Mac to get whatever software or whatever and then someone had said oh GarageBand's quite good on iPhone for mucking about or whatever and I was like cool and I hadn't really got into it at all I didn't look into it and then Covid happened and then I was like I'm bored like <laughs> let's just look at this app thing. You hadn't written any of those songs prior to? No I don't most of so the album that I released in I think it was May 2020 I wrote most of that bar one song which was an old song remember I wrote the, the other six tracks and, and recorded them and had it done in two and a half weeks I had none of those oh, well actually tell I well, actually maybe one of the one of, sorry tell I one of the songs 
I performed in 2019 at a gig with Real Time Music. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what month it was. And the rest of it was all then. That's the other five tracks were all written pretty much in that time. I don't remember writing a lot. Yeah, you were just starting to play. Uh-huh. But I write, like, I have a notepad that I carry about with me and I voice notes and things. So, But I, they, they became songs. I might be lying, actually. Yeah, things are coming to my head. Well, That's fine. I wrote a few of them in two and a half weeks. They were all recorded in two and a half weeks. Yeah. I think I definitely wrote one song and then maybe another one that I'd started and then and then was like, oh, I like that. And then one day, I've got a video of me on my social media somewhere of going, it was between the lines and I'd written the first verse in the chorus and I was like, I quite like that. And then one day I was going up for a shower and I just was like, I try to compete. And I was like, oh, there's the next verse. And it was like coming at me. So I just had to like stop. So there was a video in my bathroom in the living room, like having just written this next new verse. And was like, and then the bridge, I was like, song done. So go for my shower now. Generally, how you work, you, um, you just reactive to something that comes in your head rather often. than sit down to, I'm going to write. I don't know if I've ever done that. Um, it's usually I'm going to sit down and write because I've jotted down 10 ideas. Yeah, and you're going to try and formulate uh-huh. triangle and then... Yes, uh-huh. I don't yeah. often sit down and go, right, I'm going to write a song now, like, yeah, play some chords. and Yeah, mm-hmm. it's usually like, oh, I've got that voice note. Mm-hmm. And it could be one line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's something... And, and if there's voice notes, there's no chords in. So I'm like, what chord does that? Like, what chord am I singing in? Like, I don't know what key is that in, so I'm mucking about. So are you hearing a melody or are you hearing words first? Um, it's together? often together. Mm-hmm. That it's often initially words and a melody together and then like a blank space of the melody yeah. and then it's I do quite a lot of maths because I then go I've got like words and then mm-hmm, consequences and I'm like I've got 18 syllables to fill okay. to make that work mm-hmm. so what is this bit about and then that's how I fill the gaps that way and I go do I like that do I not sort of thing so that that often happens but it, the the initial catalyst is nine times out of ten a melody and words at the exact same time and that may be two words or necessarily a feeling initially um or a situation i mean there probably is that that then makes me think about something that there definitely will be a situation when i'm like this is what's going on and then i just then it just comes out something comes out and i go right cool we'll drop that down and that will start to be something Mm -hmm. and then i just need to fill in the gaps often and i don't do a lot of um versions of things i don't do a lot of like oh here's a here's a verse and then but there's maybe an alternative one or here's a slightly different melody it just is like it'll just be yep i'll go work that out work that out but it gets worked out in the moment mm-hmm. and then that's how it is okay so you're just gonna trust uh-huh. your gut yeah yeah that, yeah yep. because that's what happened because if i'm not struggling to sing it then i'm like that's working with how my voice mm-hmm. is like i know how to navigate that organ so i'm like well, I can sing that, and it's, it's just very hard for people that write for other folk. I think. Oh, totally. You, you know, if you're writing for you, uh-huh. you're writing because you like the sound, and uh-huh. the feel of it. And yes. Uh huh. You know what you're hearing. Hundred percent. I don't know how people can process yeah. all together for. Ah, uh-huh. because there's like there's like mechanics that happen mm-hmm. when you sing. And you can make choices about mm-hmm. how what voice you use and all that, like yeah. where it comes out your head and whatever. But you've got a very distinctive voice. I don't think I do. Yeah, absolutely. I do. think I, I. No, you do. I don't think I've got. Your a sound point. is very. Um, I don't know, like I think the way you sing naturally, uh-huh. whether it's your own stuff or uh-huh. whatever. I think you you sound like you. I know. You I know. <laughs> but I think anybody would be able to pick your voice out. I would never think that. I think I don't think I'm a particularly exceptional singer i think i can sing 
I think I can sing and I think I can I can write a song. Um, and then I enjoy putting that together and as a whole sound, I don't ever sing. Like, I hear other singers and I'm like, their voice is like chef's kiss. But I don't, and it's not but the acrobats, that they can do acrobatics, they can do anything, but there are tones or whatever that I go, oh my God, yeah. that's like... I think you've really nice tone. Okay. You know, you use your head voice. I do, uh-huh, a lot. A lot. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't really do uh-huh. that. That's took practice um, and doing that almost like the yodel. Like you can flip the vocal flip the yodel thing, which I really enjoy doing because it's and then I, so I started to tune into that bit more. So that makes your stuff really atmospheric. I like the sound, and that's important, uh-huh. but also in person. Like uh-huh. so, for anyone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. we recently supported um, Horse McDonald. Horse McDonald mm-hmm. on tour, and mm-hmm. I came to see you in Stephen. Yes, that was an excellent. Game. It was Fred's concert. Shout out Fred concerts. Fred's concert was really good. And. Um, See, sound was great that night. Sound uh-huh. was very good, and then you're really just getting the quality of it was acoustic, yeah. Sound. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear the songs that I don't. I know my sisters, but uh-huh. obviously you wrote that stuff during the pandemic, so I was in in the room. Yeah. When you were working out. Yeah, you hear an album version, and then it's yeah. acoustic. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. Really, apart from maybe a one, one or two. two. Um. So it was really nice to hear them mm-hmm. how they probably were written. Totally, and that was quite nice to do. I quite, you know. I, I always played acoustic and then I, I like got offered to any gig. But, you know, it's been nice to do gigs that aren't acoustic because I'm getting to do it the way that I almost finally envisage things to sound. Mm-hmm. But it's also nice to go, here's how this all started. And yeah, the, the, it, it's a different sound. feeling. I think they sound different. There are songs that on the album that I don't do acoustically because it's like night and day and not the same. And I don't like them acoustically. Okay. And there are ones that I'm like, no, that that one was meant to be that. It was only that. The only song I've ever written that was never acoustic, and I couldn't even tell you what the chords were. I just did it because I don't I, I don't sight read or anything. There, I've got a single under it over me, and that was done completely electronically. And has, I don't know that's not an acoustic track ever. Mm-hmm. So that happens occasionally, mm-hmm. and then it happens the other way around. Sometimes of like that's only ever going to be acoustic. That's never going to be mm-hmm. anything else sort of thing. It's funny, like um. Obviously, it's funny. It's funny. Phrase, it? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny at all. It's very serious. <laughs> it's uh, not very serious. Nothing's that serious. Knowing, so obviously, we gigged together for years, and mm-hmm. you gigged on your own. Uh-huh. I saw you a lot playing when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and now seeing you gig now, mm-hmm. seeing you gig acoustically and with mm-hmm. your backing track, yeah. there's no change from it. There's no difference, although the music's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, different. Yeah. I think you've just always had that in you, that performative okay. aspect whether mm-hmm. you're yeah. and your hands are yeah. moving uh-huh. See, I, and I feel I still feel not much... saying it's not it's not of course it's evolved and the music has yeah. the music's changed mm-hmm. but I, I think you've just always you've just always had that okay I still feel not awkward but I still kind of don't the guitar you can you get something to do with your hands and you're hiding behind it mm. and you're tied to a spot mm-hmm. and that's quite nice I enjoy not having that barrier at times, but I'm still feel I still feel incredibly vulnerable with just a microphone in my hand, and I every time go that could you that could be better that could be so much better that could be so much better that you like that's not you need to well, your vocals or your performance or the the performance in general like that you know I need to be more interesting to to watch when I'm not got the guitar. But I think if you start to overthink it, and I know you start to look at other artists and then it becomes like a yeah, I worst. I know my worst fear is. Yeah, I don't want to Jimmy be anybody else. else. Yeah, Jimmy I don't want to. No, I don't want to be anybody else. Uh-huh. But um, no, you're, like you've obviously got your influences. Like for instance, 
formerly known as Christine the Queen's Red. Yeah, uh-huh. Red, Red, well, the act's still Christine the Queen's, but he's called Red. But yeah. then there's people like Caroline Polachek. She has her own, like, little choreographies, mm-hmm. and it is, like, I've seen Caroline quite a lot, and it is, it's choreography, but it's lots of just hand movements, so mm-hmm. it's very minimal. Um, so there are artists, and the people that Jana did, she does a mm-hmm. bit of, she does actually quite a lot of dance. That, they, they did um, Nice and Sleazies. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was an excellent gig. Cool. And I think played the guitar once, twice. I did. Maybe then just because I'm not seeing myself. Like, you know, you're watching yeah, yeah. you, but then, you know, the way we were sitting, uh-huh. sitting at the side, so I, can, I was watching you yeah. watch you. Well, maybe that's why, because I can't really see people, so then, oh. and I can't see myself. Then, and it was quite a young crowd. It was. And they were absolutely engaged. Cool. Okay, well, maybe, I, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm super proud mm-hmm. of you that night. Thanks. Um, but watching them, I was like... You could see um, folk going, this is, you know, like, you know, people checking uh-huh. out. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see that they were going, this is a bit different. This okay, good, right, okay. We weren't witnessing something that was... Seen before. Amateur or we've seen before. Okay, good, right. Um, and it also sounded amazing okay. to it, so... Sound was also good there, that night. Somebody yeah. recognised me. Um, I went to see Caroline Polacek <laughs> and was at the train station after it and someone was like, did you play Nice and Sleazies? Yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Oh my god, thanks. <laughs> Famous and practic. <laughs> I guess you were not forced to no. producing that album mm-hmm. on the garage band. Mm-hmm. Listen to the music that you know listen yeah. to. And you do I think you would agree you do go to more gigs. Hundred percent. So the yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So you're probably more influenced um. musically. I think I've also got more disposable income than I did when I was 19 to go to more gigs. Um, And then, yeah, and I maybe just get a bit more of... I think, I feel like going to a gig before was like a big event. A bit like if you go, if people go to see Taylor Swift now or Beyonce or whatever, it's like a full shebang. Whereas, like, I I would go to see a band and it's 15 quid and it's like a Thursday night and it's not like this big event sort of thing okay. so I feel like there are a lot more smaller accessible gigs even even big, bigger names sort of thing that aren't this big sort of over oh, going to a concert yes. in the hydro for example yeah, so, exactly or even 40 pound like you know there's a lot, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's not that cheap anymore so so you brought out the album 11 11 mm-hmm. in 2020 yes mm-hmm. couple of singles yeah and uh-huh. then- I guess coming out of COVID, you've had the opportunity. So you, yes, we were saying you'd um, supported horse, yep. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was two, amazing. Two dates. Yeah. Two dates. Yeah. Oban, another great venue, Rockfield Centre, and Fretz Concerts in Straven. And you've had support job. from a BBC. Yes, BBC Uploads Post. show and Avalander, um, which was great because that. So that's all about anybody can send in. Their stuff, their work around, it doesn't need to be music, it could be poetry, it could be anything, mm-hmm. comedy, anything. Mm-hmm. And and people get a chance to be played on BBC Radio Scotland at like two in the afternoon. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. So I've been featured on that a few times and then got the chance to perform um, at the Fringe Festival a couple of years ago as well, which was great. And live performance was just starting back again. So yeah. that was really good. Um, many take that. So I think I can share it. Um, that I'm doing it again this year. Um, I think it's in... What's that called? Dynamic Earth cool. in Edinburgh. So I'm getting to do the, the upload show again as part of the Fringe. So th- things like that are a great opportunity where, you know, it's not about who you know. It's about just people. There are lots of opportunities like that where people say, we would like to hear from creatives and mm-hmm. we want to give you a platform to do your thing. So it's been really nice to have that back in from a mainstream media outlet yeah. in, in Scotland. like And also to be part of the Fringe, like, 
They did the HMV gigs as well. Yep, so HMV do a great thing where they invite local artists, or semi-local, because I did London, <laughs> so I spend a lot of time there, I'm like, I'm kind of local. Um, <laughs> and you can come and play in-store um, to whoever's passing by sort of thing, which is cool as well to just, you know, turn up and people are shopping records and listening to what you're doing. And I got to meet other great bands that I'm now fans of, other bands that I'm like, that I saw on the day that I played, a great Scottish band called Majesty Palm. And it's like really nice just to hear other people like you who are just doing their thing and yeah. then go to see them at their gigs. And, and so. can you go through a wave of, I've written this album, I've recorded it, mm-hmm. I'm playing that. You know, ah, I'm just doing this I'm now. Not, <laughs> but I'm not writing all the time? Or yeah. Do you write all the time? Or? Um, I didn't write for a while. Um, so I did the album and then I think I did two singles maybe within a year after that and then wrote a few songs but then didn't, I, I think the I, I get sort of hyper-focused on stuff. So obviously COVID was a great opportunity because nothing was happening. We were only allowed out for an hour at the time. So I was like, I had all this time to like sit in the house and like play around with the software and then record it and learn how to use it. And I've learned how to use it more since the first time. And record a music video. And record a music video in my uh, spare room. <laughs> um, well, like Vargos. And, um, so I think I kind of was like, that was quite a lot of hard work. Because I was going to bed at like three in the morning because I was mixing it and then going right and use these headphones to listen, right, make more tweaks. Right, I'll play it in that speaker, I'll play it in my car, I'll play it here. Like I don't have kit at home to, yeah. I don't have good speakers or kit to do all this. So I was doing it the long way and on a phone, like which is one day just going to stop working because it's ancient. So um, <laughs> I think at one point it was like that was quite hard. So write some songs and then we'll just record those again. And then the actual like motivation to jump into it. And it's a bit like I'm maybe like restarting playing again after 10 years. I was in a situation where I just that's, I just went into that. and I didn't really make a conscious. One day I just started playing around with it. And then before I knew it was two and a half weeks later mm-hmm. and I had an album and I'd done album artwork and all the rest of it. And I was like, I don't know how to dive back into this because we're not in a, we're not locked in anymore. Yeah. I'm at my work now and like mm-hmm. going to see other bands and going on my holidays and and I'm tired like because I'm now outside again like and I'm really tired like how did I do this so um it was then just like I know I need to record and it was a bit like I know I need to play but stop telling me are you recording anything like just leave me alone so uh, and then I would get frightened because I was like oh my god this was so hard so then I would start laying stuff down and just be like oh god this is going to take an age like there's 52 drum kits and I, and I don't know what they pick and so it's you do like things uh, that happen quite quickly then organically and quickly yeah, um exactly the same. uh-huh like I don't really want but the thing is I can't see my work like I I'm and I'm always the advocate of like the only way out is through like you have to just you've got this is on your list you've got a dead you just have to start it and then it's not, and uh, you're not done it anymore, sort of thing. You just need to do like, see, even if you just open up a blank word document and like save it as the title, like you've started it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, you just need to start it. You just need to start it. So I would add a couple of things that I'd started, like eight bars or something, and going, well, you started it. Like good for you. Like you, you don't need to do anything anymore. So I'd started it and was like, good for you. You've started it. You can now feel better about yourself and make it do more. Like in the past, like eight months to a year and I just kept going I'm going to have an album out again and then not do it um, so I was going to I, I was aiming at having something last year and I didn't and again it was just this colossal task of like I've got so much work to do on this and I don't I don't often write the song knowing how I want it to sound mm-hmm. It so I get an idea of something so have you based this on now 
this is my thing. I record albums on GarageBand and I do it myself. For now? Yeah. Yeah. That's not to say, like, because I have moments where I'm like, oh my God, buy a MIDI keyboard. Mm-hmm. Like, help yourself. <laughs> this is too hard. Um, or just even get an iPad. The screen's a bit bigger. <laughs> like, so um, so that's not to say I wouldn't go down, like, the logic route or whatever in the future and have, you know, MIDI instruments and stuff because I could do it. It's just mm-hmm. an expense. Mm-hmm. I need to have room for things like that or whatever. But it works for me just now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, it, I think it sounds all right. So, uh, like, oh, for a garage band. The radio and you wouldn't know. Uh-huh. Stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. You saying, it stop? I think it's stop, yeah. I was going to say Scott, but it's not. Yeah. And you have commented on the fact that they, because they obviously knew it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. On your phone. Uh-huh. On your phone. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. it's just like, it is a great sound. So I'm like, I think it works. So let's just carry on with that. And I've, I've learned more how to use it better um, and other features and things that I didn't know before. So I'm like, all right, and just little ways of working with it that I'm go. actually, you did that before and that actually cost you more time, so do this now, mm-hmm. whatever sort of thing. But I just, I was like, I have amnesia about how much work this was. It didn't, I don't know, I didn't remember, I didn't remember it being that hard. So I, but then recently... So I've, you got COVID again? I got COVID again quite, and I was, just, I did, exactly, I got COVID like two weeks ago. So I was, and ended, ended up, I've got like, I would say a song... 70% done. Um, that is not making light of COVID, I must say. No, no. But for me... I, you absolutely fine. So for me, personally, I was absolutely fine. I had a heavy cold. Not even that heavy, to be honest. But it meant I stayed away from people just so that obviously I wasn't passing it on to folk. And I've got the privilege of being able to do that. Um, and was like, well, I'm in, so I'll just, you know, I normally go on a walk or whatever. So I was like, well, I'll just... Just do a bit and see what happens. And then again, it was like, oh, it's half two. Need to go to bed. And I was like, yeah. right, we're back in the mix of not of losing time because you're sucked in and actually you're making progress. So enjoying it. Enjoying it. Uh huh. Um, and I'd started, and then I remembered the pain of because with every single song, I enjoyed it, and then got to a point and I was like, this sounds terrible, and I don't know how to make it good, and just playing about with things and going, this is never going to sound good, ever, and then with the tweak of one dial or something going, right. And it's then just minor things. So I've sort of passed that point with one of them Mm -hmm. because at one point I was like, I'm recording this and I don't actually like it. (laughs) I was like, right. like recording the song going, I don't really like this. Like, I don't like this song. (laughs) And then you could play it on guitar play it acoustically and I liked it and then was like individually I like these elements Mm -hmm. I don't I'm I'm like I'm not really liking this sound how it's coming out and then I don't know what I did I think I added some strings or something and then I changed the drums a wee bit and I was like oh now I really 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 like it and I'm going to enjoy performing this and then was getting all excited and all these four part harmonies I'm like right sometimes it's just uh, I just need to keep it's the only way it's through just need to keep persevering Mm -hmm. and then it stops being a nightmare so it's Mm -hmm. always fun then it's a nightmare, and then it's like, oh yes, like this is really good now, and I'm dead excited about it, and it sounds exactly how I wanted it to all this time. But I didn't have an idea of what I wanted it to sound like. But I always start with the drums, every single track, the drums, oh, start yeah. every track. And there's something rhythmic about the guitar as well, so that the, mm-hmm. I can kind of go, oh, there's a rhythm there. So I always start with the drums, and then usually if there's an acoustic guitar in it, that I do that manually, obviously first, and then usually there's some sort of synths or strings or something that, that goes in something that I would have throughout the whole track mm-hmm. and then uh, the bass line because I don't know how to do that so it's always the most basic bass line but I just need something to fill it out and then I record like a guide vocal so I know where I am in the song 
And then that's when I start to go, oh, I need extra strings here. Or I need this other wee plinky-plonky piano here. And they start to add the flavour. Mm-hmm. And then I do harmonies. And then I'll record the actual vocal track. And then you need to mix it. Mm-hmm. That's generally my process for the actual recording of the track. Mm-hmm. But And amongst all of that is me sitting going through every single keyboard sound. And every single keyboard sound, there are eight different like versions of that so there's this synth but here it is growly here it is soft here it is and then you can also like mix all of those if you want and then there's like the so it's then going i generally like that sound what can i do with it oh i can make i can make that like sound a bit like this and then i screenshot things i don't remember where they are because then you go back in and you go so is that technical element of i but having the ear for it and you uh-huh like oh it's that uh-huh yeah exactly and how things Uh it's not everybody that's going to be able to do that yeah, I know where the melody and they can play it on their guitar, but they uh-huh. necessarily know where to start of building yep. a whole orchestration round yeah, or uh-huh. another. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, you know yep. what? What would the drum part be? And totally. And and the thing is, I you know maybe folk when they want to like, totally uh huh. As a collaborative process yeah. with other musicians. Or... Yeah, and I've I've no doubt that if I collaborated with other musicians, they would come up with something even better. Like, but I I and I let it work with me. So there's a lot of you know you can. You can sort of use automation within it to go, you know, here's, I'm going to use a wee, you know, pad thing and here's my drum beat mm-hmm. and it's going to just loop it for the whole song. But then I go in manually and go, actually, for the verse, I actually want the snares to be different or, mm-hmm. and then you can make it sound more natural and things. So it, there's a lot of like, I'll, I'll use the manual, or the automatic processes for some things that are, you know, it suggests like, oh, you could just do a bass line that's simple like this and I go, great, lay that down to me and then I'll manually move the notes around so it's what I want it to do so I'm not manually always creating something sometimes i'm at every um orchestral part in one of the new songs i've recorded i didn't use any automation i, I laid down i literally sat in with a guitar or sang a note find that in the keyboard like that's that what's the one for that and made yeah. the chords because your like your music is very atmospheric yeah full sounding uh-huh yeah but i listen to a lot of artists like the, on the surface it sounds like that so i really love the band Muna. And on the surface, they're like a three-person band, and there's like you know keys, guitar, a lead vocalist at some point plays the guitar, and another lead guitar, and you think well, this is like a guitar band. But and when you see them live, there's a bass player and a, a drummer as well, and you go, well, this is like a five-piece band. But actually, there's lots of sense. There's lots of other stuff going on, mm-hmm. and so I quite often will listen to tracks that, for whatever reason, are my tracks. I don't know if everybody's got tracks that they just listen to a lot you know everybody's yeah. a favorite song or whatever we just go there's a song that just makes me go i really love this song and then go i wonder why it is that i like that what is going on and it's not about copying the sound but going oh it's because actually they add a plinky they add something here a plinky plonky bit that makes this or actually there's an underlying synth that's happening the whole time so you're just mm-hmm. trying to tune in with really loud headphones going what is it that's making this more than just probably is a dancer as well uh-huh there's an element of picking up the different musicality aspects of it and it's also got to work with the like i don't know how to say this was it timbre of the vocal oh yeah like i started recording something recently and i really liked the drum beat and then i put down the guide vocal and there was something just not working with the like the actual like pattern of the notes mm-hmm. and then where i put the kick drums or something and i was like oh that's like they're happening at the wrong time together so something has to change and it's not going to be the melody and the words. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, right, okay, because I don't have drums in my head when I play, like, I need to like actually now go and fix that. And so it evolves. Another song I was recording, I had this really nice sort of, it was like an organ piano sound. Very 
Gloria Stefan, don't want to lose you now, like, sound. I really liked it, yeah. but something just wasn't, it just wasn't, I was going, I don't, I know you don't like this song, and I want to really like it, and then I realised, I think it just needs to be a piano, change it to piano, done. Boom, yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, it doesn't, I, I then sometimes go back to, like, traditional instruments, there's like a piano, and then actually it's strings, so it's not a synth and an organ, mm-hmm. It's and I might have a more electronic drum beat, but yeah. I quite like pairing that with more organic instrument sounds. It's obviously all digital. I don't have an yeah. orchestra in the house. But um, so I quite like mixing. So it's not all electronic music and it's or an electronic sound. Quite so like the stuff, stuff that you're dating just now is with a view for it to be another album? Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm planning on 10 tracks. I don't have the last three written. Okay. But I've written what I want. I know what it's going to be called. And I just need to work out. There's and uh, there's no cohesion. Like there's no like <laughs> the songs do not all like flow. But um, there are loads of albums recently that I've been listening to, and I'm like, oh, there's random like tracks in the middle that you're like, oh, that's a bit left field. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's on a journey. Totally. So <laughs> um, so the view is to get things have done. You already, have you played any of these live? Any of these Acoustically, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, but obviously not um electronically. So is I like I'd like to. Recording this studio, I'd like to record with this person. Yeah. I'd like to gig in this space. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. I really thought about it actually. I think music it would. Music videos. Uh huh. Music yeah. video would be cool. But it's not in my room. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I was just saying your photo shoot as well. Yes. Case, yeah, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Uh huh. And I, I like that. So the, um, although I don't. I don't. I feel like I don't put a lot of thought into it, and I think Chris said something to me about like, oh, you know, your artwork and stuff, or when you do things, it always feels like as if it's like quite not. I didn't say cohesive, but we were talking about mm-hmm. oh, your sound and like the images you put out with it, and I'm like, I don't think I don't realize I put that much thought into it, and I think to be honest, it's a bit like songwriting. I write the song, and then it's after the fact that I go, what was that all about? <laughs> like I don't have this like concept of like I'm going through this thing or I want to represent this concept. So now I'm going to formulate it. I'll for uh, something will get made, it comes out and, then and I'll go. go that felt right. To and then thing. it goes out as it is, and then I go, oh, that's why I did that, and it all comes to me afterwards. Okay. So, or or I'm just deriving meaning afterwards, so that I feel like I'm doing something substantial. <laughs> Maybe there's no meaning. Um, so this doesn't. I know, but no, it wasn't like oh, it's all cohesive. But we were just talking about oh, like you, you, it, there's an intention. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. and um. I was like, well, I didn't really think there was, but maybe there is actually. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, as a photographer, Chris had intention, his intention with, with his images. And then that day it was, I've got some ideas, uh, let's have some fun. And I was like, great. So, and I loved the ideas that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can empathise and say, yeah, there is, it's not just, I need a picture to go in the front of the CD. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, which is fine if that's folk want to do like sort of thing but totally but you want creative control over that or, or you'll in the moment go oh, I feel like it needs to be this yeah, or, yeah uh-huh. you've always been like that yeah uh-huh. cakes, I mean like you were my hands person uh-huh. in terms of making decisions because I feel like like whether I realise it or not I I know what I need something to be uh-huh you just need somebody to say, Correct. totally, Lisa. Because I know I need something to be, and I don't need anybody to tell me anything. It's funny <laughs> or I don't really want anybody to tell me anything. It's funny, I don't do it as much with choreography. Hmm. Well, I think all the cupcake dances that I... Oh, totally. That nobody was involved in, no. and then I just taught you them. Yeah. And, and at no point did we go, I don't really think that should be that way. We went, great. Like, but, from the ones that were like, why is that? 
combination came on, only because we were like we physically can't do this like it was occasionally there was things where we were like we can't do this and that happens occasionally if I'm writing something and I go I really want to sing that I can't get from that note to that note singing that syllable because mm-hmm. it's just not going to come out right. nice so I either need to change the word or it's a different note Mm-hmm. And no matter how much, because I do, like, funny enough, I do actually practice, especially when I, I'm working with, like, my yodel voice, whatever, and I, I feel like I've kind of got a handle that now. And that's that's listening to Sina McLachlan, Alanis Morissette, the break, you know, Sinead O'Connor, the break in her voice. Mm-hmm. Caroline Polacek is famous for their built-in auto-tune. It sounds like a computer voice, and it's totally, like, it's un, it's meant, it's totally mad, like, to listen to it, and you're like, this sounds like auto-tune, <laughs> and it's not any... That's just practice mm. and with your breath work and all the rest of it. And occasionally it happens where I go, I really want that to work and I can't get it out and make it sound nice. So I have to do something else. Mm-hmm. In terms of confidence, because you touched on that earlier mm-hmm. on, confidence is that an artist's confidence in what you're doing and what you're making. Mm-hmm. And, and going back into music after a long mm-hmm. time away, do you think you're more confident second time round? I think I probably didn't think about it when I was a young person and now I think about it so I don't know if I'm more confident because I think that wouldn't have even come into it it. yep I get very nervous before going on stage Mm -hmm. like Martina learned she was like we can't she gets all excited Oh, so excited. She's a really good she, ah, she is. She says she's like a Labrador puppy. She's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And, uh, and then, but, and, you know, you look forward to it and like, oh, I'm so, so proud. And I'm like, I can't, like, let's not talk. And I just, and she's like, all right, okay. And then also immediately afterwards, I don't come off and I'm like, love that. Like, let's talk about it. Don't, I am like seven years old. Don't look at me. <laughs> like I had that period of my life as a child where I was in, I don't know what it was but I was like you were much younger than that maybe uh, probably it, it followed me I remember being older than seven and being like absolutely mortified to just be existing like ah uh-huh, don't look at me the first time I remember ever outside of like the nativity play or whatever singing in front of anybody I think I was primary six or seven and I had to face the blackboard <laughs> and play the guitar I couldn't bear well. I, it was the it was the thought of Doing that and then sitting down next to people. Okay. See if I just walked out the door. Bye. <laughs> it would have been fine. It was doing that and then sitting back down. What do you say? Like, so I'm still a bit like. I'm not good at that either, actually, like, when people. Don't come up to me and tell me I was good. Well, if you're a stranger, you can, but like, my mum, you like, don't, like, you can say that was good, well done, end of conversation. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm not. Is that because in your head you're already. Analyzing what you did. And don't know what it is. That wasn't good, blah, blah. I don't know if it's maybe just something to do with, like the performances over there on that stage, mm-hmm. and now I'm not performing, mm-hmm. so we're not talking about it now because it's not happening anymore. And when do you feel more more comfortable talking about it? A wee, a wee bit later, and there'll be a point where I'll just sort of say to like my mum or Martina, I'll go, was it all right? Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, yeah, it was good or whatever. And I'm like. I, but was it actually and then you know because everybody's always you're always going to say that was great but then you know I can tell when and Martin will be honest sometimes I go oh, I can tell you maybe struggling with the sound or whatever or like cause that happens sometimes like depends where you are or whatever um but there'll be a, there'll be a moment where I'm just like initially off and then I'm I'm then enjoying maybe the next act or whatever and then later on I just have this moment of like but was that actually okay right good and then 
of Martina takes photos or videos. Like, I remember the first time I did the Fringe and she t- showed me a camera and I was like, absolutely not. Like, we were literally on the tram on the way home. I was like, cannot look at myself. No. Because I think I was, I think I'd enjoyed it. And then was like, I then don't want to un- start to talk about it in case I then go. I discover something that's not. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would like to preserve this moment of like, actually, I felt okay about that or that so it is what it is. Yeah. And then it's later on I can go. I now still feel okay with that. I'm now in a place where I could maybe look back and go, if it's been recorded, then I could listen to watch a video a day or two later or, or see a picture of myself a day or two later. But I'm so funny. Just initially she was like, I was like, I cannot, I can't do this. You're going to have to show me this just like in five days. I can't deal. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, I don't know why. I just can't, can't look at myself now. And I think it is just, um, I've experienced that in this moment in time and it just is what it is. So in its own bubble. Uh-huh. And we'll just preserve that. And then when I get to... It is that awkward thing, though. It is. Like... What do you say? Thanks very much. I think with the cupcakes, it was different because you're a collective, there's a team of you. Yeah. You can kind of do... You were all in it together, so when you come off stage, you can do all that with each other. Uh And he gets it. And you can be honest to each other. Yep. We would come off and go, oh, my God, like... I totally mucked up that bit, or my shoe half fell off, or that floor was dead slippy. I know, it was always... Yeah. 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 Spontaneously. It was, it's not as if we sat down and went, let's discuss how that went. Yeah. It was like, everybody came off and just... Sat down. Started packing their bags. Be up to the night. But there must be, because it was a shared experience, whereas... Yeah. If it's just you. Coming off and... Maybe. They make comment. It's just me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I'm incredibly grateful for any for anybody that comes up and says that was great. By the way, it would be weird. It would be weird. So just come up and say I'm nice. But yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it is. I think it's just like a because you're not doing it for that reason. No, no, not at all. That's probably what it is. You're doing it for the feeling that you get. Maybe that's what it is. Stage. Yeah. And it is nice to get that feedback. Of course it is, but maybe uh-huh. in the moment it just feels a little bit too much. Maybe. Uh huh. Yeah, I think I just like to sort of preserve the moment and go and then do my own. Maybe I've not processed it myself. Maybe that's what it is. And actually I'm like, don't interrupt my, you know, I'm like, I'm doing my, I'm forming my memories mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear what it actually sounded like or see what it actually looked like or whatever. Like you can then tell me once I've decided how it went. Okay. And then I can see a picture and go, well, that's just a bad picture. Whereas if in the moment after, they'll be like, I'm a riot. So like, or like that performance is said, well, oh, it's just the sound in the video. Like, I know I can do that. Like, I've not quite formed my opinion of it yet. Yeah. And it is that thing, I suppose, where I was talking about how I feel like on stage, I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know if it looks, I feel like it looks boring. I don't want to look like I'm doing karaoke. I think that's the thing as well, because it is just, I've got a lot of tracks. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a band. I'm like, I don't want this to be like karaoke. Mm-hmm. Or for people go, she's just using backing tracks. Because there, there is this, you know, people go, oh, it's just backing tracks. When yeah, you talk about, you know, aha, as if yeah. it's not, as if a lot of work hasn't gone into it because I'm yeah. not mixing it live or whatever. Um, so I'm like, oh, I want it to look good. So then, and, and I don't know how it looks because I can't see people. Yeah. And I'm just in the moment doing it. I can't see myself. So maybe that's, I need to come back and go, how did that go? And form that opinion first. But I do have this weird, like, don't talk to me <laughs> immediately before and after. And, and, and when I, if I ask you, is that all right? Then we're, we're in the safe zone. <laughs> we can talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of song mm-hmm. that means the most to you, uh, not a song written by yourself, 
uh, and whether that's because it's influenced your music or yeah. whether the words or whether it's a song that you always go back to. I'm making a face <laughs> just to let the listeners know. Like, <laughs> Do, is it not yeah, yeah. a song that you feel you're wholly connected to? I mean, there's probably, I think the answer is probably there's quite a lot, of, mm-hmm. and I think it depends. One song that I always go back to, and I don't perform it ever or anything, is Blue by Johnny Mitchell. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of tracks, but it's just a whole album, to be honest, um, one of Kate Bush's albums, Ariel, Ariel it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the tracks in particular is called Prologue, and one is called Sunset. And it's like feral, it's just that good. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's like viscerally good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole album is... Um, any other tracks that make me go like oh that's a feeling I, I always try not to like think about recent things I'm like maybe it just feels that way because it's recent like new things that's come yeah. out um, yeah I think those are probably two that I'm like for sure and not necessarily like favourite so- you know favourite no, songs no, like just a- Call Me Al is one of my favourite songs again. Dancing on the Ceiling is one of my favourite songs but not like the feeling like um, um, so it's guaranteed to get you on the dance floor Oh, again, lots of songs. Uh, Praise You, Mary Mary. Song that you, you'd be absolutely delighted to never hear again. Paradise by the Light of the Dashboard by Meatloaf. And I don't know who the other singer is, the woman. I hate it. I think it stems from hosting karaoke. I mean, it's too it's long. In the sense it's I know. Very long. I, I really dislike it. I can't stand it. I can't, I don't know. It's a weird... It's a weird song. To like... I feel like it's just, and this is how I feel about well, lots of meatloaf stuff, it's just... It's just like too, like... It's too... I don't like it. I don't like it. And I just don't like... There's the whole story. I can't deal with it. There's just something about the whole combination of it just makes me You're not angry. a fan of a musical. Do you know, it's weird because... It, it I'm, feels more musically... It's weird because yeah. I'm I'm not, and then I go and see musicals, like I go and see the shows that you choreograph, and I'm like, I love this. Right. It would be a totally foreign concept to me to listen to a musical soundtrack the way that I listen to an album. Right. Maybe I have to, because I'm like, it's a musical, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't know what it is, but when I see musicals live, I'm like, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I get proper chills and stuff. Uh-huh. But... On paper, I'm like, oh, musical, like, and then I go and I'm like, I love this. This is amazing, like, and it has all the things I should like. But um, so maybe it's it's that it's it's more like a I don't even know if it, I don't know. I just really hate it. I really hate that song. So that's that's definitely a song. And any oh, the whole Meatloaf back catalogue, I think. To be honest, um, I think that would be my song. Because I have quite strong. There are every now and again, there's something I have a really strong feeling about it, like the how I feel about the Lion King. Yes. And I hate it. I, I, and I don't know why I don't know why like somebody asked me the other day like can I just ask you why you hate it I was like I can't actually tell you I hate it but then I felt so I betrayed myself because I was when I was on like TikTok or something and it was like it was this video you've seen it after the pandemic and the cast met together and they did the first thing and I had like goosebumps and I was like no I'm a, I'm betraying myself because it was amazing I can't deny the talent I think it's the film I think it's the Disney film I can't even start talking about it. It's just, it's, is it? I can't remember the meerkat's name. Timon and Pumbaa. Uh-huh. Can't do it. I hate it. But that's the they're they're the characters that really drive the rage. I think. I think that's what it is. Okay. It's just too serious. I don't like it. Um, your <laughs> favorite song of yours. Uh huh. 
to play live. Um, what do you say? Tune. Mm-hmm. And a song that your favorite like from a song that you've written or a song somebody else's song. Um, favorite lyric. Mm-hmm. And obviously, these are all just like favorite lyric. Tonight. At this moment in time. <laughs> so, I, I wrote some, uh, it's in a song that, I, that I'm recording just now and you've heard it. Um, and I really thought about, I really, really put effort into like the the poetry and and the like the sounds and it being all nice. And the, just the way that it's, I sing it, I, I like how there's a nice rhyme to it that's a bit unexpected. And it, it's a kind of bridge, I think, I suppose. Um because when I think about it and my judgment's clouded, I can lose myself for days. I can't even speak it now, actually. I need to sing it. When I think about it and my judgment's clouded, I can lose myself for days. And my only wish is finishing this breath and drifting off some other way. Nice. I like that. Because yes. it was the ish and oh, oh, I liked it. I liked it. And the other one is, uh, I'm left tossing, turning a winner. Drop that volume, trying to wean myself for fit. But the silence leaves a deafening reprieve. I cannot clean myself of it. I was really quite proud of myself when I wrote that. Beautiful. Thanks. Beautiful. <laughs> what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Uh, oh, I really like, um, I'm like a half-shot knife. <laughs> I really, really like that. And I say it quite a lot these days. Um, and I also really like these days saying Helmendum or Helmengi. Martina never knows what I'm saying because she has lived in England most of her life. And occasionally I'll say something and she's like, I don't know what that means. So, half, I'll... so the half shot knife isn't. No, that's a Scottish thing. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, uh huh. And Helmengi. Or like she's talking about something going, Helmendum. What does that mean? It means hell will mend him. Like, <laughs> like just you wait and see what'll happen. So I quite like those phrases. Yep. Half shot knife in Helmenji and Murder Polis. <laughs> Which I don't know where that came from, but I just quite like Murder Polis. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it sums up a situation. Murder Polis, man. <laughs> just means something's a nightmare. Murder Polis. Well, this has yeah. been Murder Polis. This has been... It's been good, thanks. Your pleasure. Thanks for coming on the Brown of Brief. Anyway. Oh, next hobby I take up, I'll be coming to it again. <laughs> <laughs> I take up, like, crocheting or something. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.